Welcome to EdMed Talks. I'm Dr. Adam DeVico, an educator. And I'm Jacqueline DeVico, a pediatrician. And we're your husband-wife duo for all things parenting. And we are so excited to have our dear, dear friend, Todd Nestloni, join us for this episode. Todd, how's it going, man? It is going great. And I got to say, that's the first time I've heard you use Dr. Adam DeVico in real life. And I like the ring of it. <laughs> well, so yeah. So here's the thing, though. You know, as well as I do, I'm, I'm kind of like the fraud doctor since I'm sitting next to the <laughs> yeah. medical doctor. You're not a fraud doctor. You're just no. the non-medical doctor. Okay. The non-medical. There you go. But there some, you go. But when someone yells on an airplane, hey, we need a doctor, I'm not moving. Yes. I'm going to listen to how old the person is that needs a doctor because, you know, if they're not pediatric, so, you know, I'll kind of poke my head and I'll, yeah. I can help, but you're still right. more qualified. I'm than definitely, yes. I'm you're, definitely you're more qualified, more qualified than, you. than me, <laughs> but yes. So that that's my, uh, my fake title now, but Hey, uh, thanks for joining today. And, you know, normally Todd, you and I talk about teacher stuff and education stuff when we're together. But today it's just a little bit different because I uh, asked you to come on to talk about a little bit more of your personal life because you have twins. And uh, today we're going to talk about twins. Yeah. So uh, I'm ready. This has been a, been a journey for us. So <laughs> let's talk. Absolutely. So for those who may not be familiar with you, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I have worked in education almost my entire career. Um, I started as an instructional aide who became a teacher, who became a principal, and now I get to work as a director for the Texas Elementary Principals and Supervisors Association. Um, I also do some consulting, some speaking. I've written a book. One was with this guy named Adam DeVico. Um, <laughs> doctor Adam DeVico. <laughs> yes, you weren't a doctor when we wrote it That's together, true. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's right. Well, um, and then my wife and I have been married for almost 12 years, um, and we are raising twin two-and-a-half-year-old boys right now. They are fraternal um, and do not have one thing in common other than the fact <laughs> that I'm their dad and Liz is their mom. So, <laughs> uh, so Todd, tell us, what was your initial reaction when you found out you were going to be the parent of twins? Well, you know, my wife and I are very public about our journey into parenthood. Um, infertility was a big piece of that. And working through that, it was always kind of that, you know, we would just love to get pregnant with a healthy pregnancy and have as few stresses as possible. And so though that took many years to take place, um, when we did find out we were pregnant, it was very exciting, of course. Um, and going to that first ultrasound, I'll never forget Liz was like, what are you hoping it's going to be a boy or a girl? And I'm like, you know what? I said, I'm fine either way. Um, and then her mom said, wouldn't that be funny if y'all had twins? And we were like, well, there's no <laughs> twin on either side of the family anywhere. So that's not even a, like, it wasn't even anything we truly considered. It wasn't like our cousin had twins or my brother or something like that. And so going to that first ultrasound and hearing the nurse say, there's two. And I was like, two what? Um, and so she was like, two heartbeats. And I was like, what does that mean? And so they were like, twins. And my wife looked at me, she's like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And so it's that initial like excitement that everything is on track as it's supposed to be. But at the same time, it's like, we have to completely rethink the way we were preparing ourselves. Now that there is going to be double, there's going to be 
we are both going to be on duty all the time because it's a one-to-one relationship here. Um, so it definitely was an exciting thing um, for me. And then, of course, after that, then you got to wait to see what the genders are because we were like, well, what are we going to have? Boys, girls, a boy and a girl? Like, what is it going to be? And so um, the whole process was exciting, but I'm really thankful that it was twins, um, primarily because my wife and I have always talked about wanting to have two kids, um, at least. And so the fact that we had to go through the whole infertility journey and that whole lingering question of would there ever be another pregnancy if we even got one um, was a real blessing in our eyes to know that right away we got two. And we've always heard, and, and I will adhere to this, that people are like, oh my gosh, like, were you terrified? Was it going to be so much work? You didn't know what you were doing? I'm like, look, we didn't know what we were doing either way, whether it's one kids or quadruplets, <laughs> like it doesn't matter. We don't know what we're doing. But I will say, I think for us, one piece of advice that we got was because twins are your first kids, you don't know anything different. So you're going to come in there with a fresh perspective. You're going to come in there just hitting things as they go. It's sometimes a little bit more difficult when somebody already has one kid and then they have twins because they were so used to this. I raised one. I know what I'm doing. Now it's not one. It's two at the same time. So it's been fun for that. Yeah, I remember when you texted me about having twins and you were very excited and he said, don't say anything. So for those of you listening, you got to know, Todd, Todd cannot keep secrets. He's always, he always texts me, said, don't tell anyone, but I got to tell someone. And so I remember when you said, guess That's what? Right. I'm having twins. Uh, obviously very, very excited for him. Well, um, and, I, and I believe you were my first friend that got to meet the boys in person too. I think I, I definitely was. Yeah, I definitely was. Cause I, I, uh, I was speaking in Houston, I mm -hmm. think. Right. I had a, yep. I had a, a speaking engagement in Houston. And so that night I drove up to North Houston where Todd lives and, uh, man, they, they could not have been more than maybe a few months old. Oh, a couple months if old. that, I mean, they may have I been, mean, even they, less, were, they may have been even less than that, maybe a month, maybe two, but yeah, they were, yeah, they big. were, they were tiny. And I can't remember who, one of them liked me, one of them didn't. I can't remember <laughs> which one did or not, but one of them cried the whole time and one of them didn't. So yep, yep. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I, I was, I, I got to be the first, which was cool. <laughs> so when you're, you know, you, you realize you're having twins. What were some of the things that you had to prep for? And obviously, like you said, you don't know what you don't know, but what were some of those elements that you think were possibly unique knowing that you were going to have twins versus yeah. just a single child. Well, you know, my wife is a prepper. She all, she wants to come in fully knowing everything she can know. She asks lots of questions. Um, so she she's one of those people that, uh, Jacqueline will understand this, that doctors and pediatricians tell her, do not Google this. I'm going to <laughs> yep. tell you what to do. <laughs> yes, do I know Google those families. It. And so my wife is the Googler. And so even our pediatrician now has been, do not Google this because Google will tell you this, this, and this. It'll freak yep. you out. It'll send all this families very well. Spiral. So I so my I still tell, tell my wife this. Now she's like, I just looked this up. They could have this. And I'm like, message the doctor. We're not gonna <laughs> Google it. We're gonna message the pediatrician. Um, but so because of my wife's like super preparedness, um, I feel like I had a leg up in the situation of like what furniture to have, what utensils, what toys, what all this stuff. Cause she really wanted our kids to have 
really good brain development things, really good, the best kind of bottles, the right kind of chair. Like she's like, I don't just want to buy it because it's cute. I want to make sure that they're made this way. And, and so she was doing a lot of research and picking that up. That did mean some of the things were more expensive than I would have enjoyed spending money on. But <laughs> my first kids, it could be the only kids we're, we're going to, we're going to spend it. I'm going to be, I'm going to make it work. Um, but, you know, I think in, in thinking about the whole process of preparing initially some of the advice we got from people were like oh you better be ready to buy double of everything and right away I was like I, I don't I don't think we have to buy two of everything I think that could be a little bit overboard and maybe having two of everything would have helped and so I don't know I don't feel like we needed two of everything there were things we got two of but then there were also things that I thought would work and then once the boys arrived we had to completely rethink things for example I didn't know how many freaking types of bottles and nipples there were on. Oh bottles. yeah. There's a lot. And how every kid takes something different. And so we literally, Liz was like, I've looked up this up. I know this. We got to be prepared. We need to have at least two of every one of these kinds. And then we'll return the ones that don't work or we'll go, we'll just throw them away or whatever. And so we literally had to go through all. And I, I, I didn't know that coming into, and then being a twin dad, of course, your twins, when you have twins like ours, where nothing is in common, didn't use the same bottle, didn't use the same nipple. They weren't even on the same formula. Liam had to have a um, formula that was, had no milk in it. Oh uh, yeah. For milk protein and tropical. Uh -huh. And he can drink milk fine now, but as yep. a baby, he had to have it. And of course, at the same time, we were also having twins and raising them in the middle of a pandemic when mm -hmm. Similac got recalled. And I was think, and then I'll say that's one of the benefits of my work in traveling around Texas is that when I would go to gigs, I would drive home and stop at every single Walmart and Target, <laughs> try to find formula because it was so hard to find any. Yeah. That was huge in this country. I mean, as a pediatrician, so many families were affected by the shortage. Um, I will say though, one thing we're mostly out of that now, but one nice little tiny benefit is there's a lot of now European style formulas that yeah. are kind of fast tracked into the US. So now there's so many more options yeah. available for parents. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, and so even, even diapers, we had our boys wore different diapers for a while as newborns. One of them had they whenever they had a diaper rash, we could not use the same diaper cream. One diaper cream caused the rash to get worse on one twin while the other one had to have that diaper cream because it was the only thing that fixed it. I mean, it was just all those kind of things that you don't know. And with wipes, like I thought all wipes were made the same. Nope. No, they are not. They are not all made the same. And we definitely have our favorites. Yeah. So you mentioned how different each boy is. What do you think you and your wife do to help really foster that individuality and independence, but also kind of keeping their bond as siblings? You know, one thing that my wife and I agreed on from the start was we always wanted to encourage our boys as individuals. We knew that they would live an entire life having another person with the same last name and the same birthday and always in their space that we never wanted them to feel like they never got to be them. And so we all, we make it very clear that, you know, when we find something that one likes, we really encourage it. We really dive into it. We don't force the other one. Um, we, we are millennial parents um, we are right on the edge of millennial because we're so old, but we are millennial parents. Um, and so we're very much of that. 
We want them to talk about their feelings. We want to have them express their dementia. We want to give them choices. We want to talk about their bodies correctly. Like we do all of that kind of stuff because we really want them to feel like they are their own selves and that we see them for who they are. And so that's been very much from the beginning of, yeah, we're going to do stuff together. Your brothers, we're a family. Sometimes you may not want to give that toy up, but you've had it long enough. It's time to give it up, like those kind of things. But at the same time, we we always encourage them to just be themselves and not have to be tied to someone all the times. When they were younger, I would go on little outings and take one with me and leave the other one with mom. And right now at this age, they do not allow us to take one because if one gets to go, the other one feels like they're missing out. So (laughs) we're at a stage in life right now where they don't spend much time apart because they hate time apart. Um, But yes, we do try that. Well, it's nice to have that. They want to be together. That's that, that is nice. Uh, So other than Dr. Google. What other resources and uh, maybe groups or books or podcasts, uh, what has helped in the journey of raising twins since it is somewhat of a subset of culture, you know, to some degree, it's kind of like your own little uh, bonding experience with other parents of twins. Like who have you leaned on? So when my wife was pregnant, I joined a dads of multiples group on Facebook, which uh, is just dads around the world who have two or more at a time kids. And and that was really informative for me at the beginning, just to see a lot of personalities, a lot of thoughts and beliefs. Um, I would throw a question in there every now and then and get all kinds of answers, a lot that don't really help, but it was nice <laughs> to know that I had a community. Um, my wife is really big on using Instagram um, and she's very much on when finding someone on Instagram who seems knowledgeable, she goes and like researches them before we really try to buy into, because as as I'm sure you know, and as you hear more and more online, a lot of these people on social media who look like they know what they're talking about are just saying things to get views and clicks. And it's not always good advice to use with kids or good advice, health-wise, brain-wise, any of that kind of stuff. And so when we go and find somebody, we're like, okay, they're saying this, okay, they have their child psychologist, they have these degrees, and and this is their background. Okay, yes, we're going to go and believe them over this person who taught pre-K for one year and then got an Instagram and they're sharing all these things. Um, And so we'll we'll listen to them too, but take it with more of a grain of salt than maybe a professional who went to school for that and stuff like that. So we really try to do that. And I I would say almost everything I have understood about twins has come from my wife and all the people she follows and learns from and connects with. She's definitely, I'm more of a, when I get in a group, I try to get involved and, and ask questions. She's more of a, I'll get in a group and I'll just look. And, and and I'm not going to put anything in there, but I'll look and take all these ideas. She's in the background. Yeah. I can understand that. What are your thoughts, you know, as the boys grow, how do you envision your parenting kind of evolving and what are your hopes for them in the future? You know, I feel like my parenting ideas and styles, I feel like they're always changing the more I educate myself over why things happen. Um, I was sharing with y'all before this went live that we actually just started potty learning. Um, and we very spe- we very specifically use the words potty learning in our household just because, uh, you know, we're, we're course people. We take courses when we don't know what we're doing. And so we took a sleep training course when Brixton would go down to sleep at two months old and sleep through the night. 
And Liam didn't sleep through the night until he was over a year old. And of course, by then, with two kids, you're pulling your hair out going, what am I doing wrong? It worked for this kid. So we took a sleep course and the sleep course was so informative about brain development, all the things to try. And then things that we have told, we have been told by our older generations that, oh, we'll just do this. This always works. And then you go and hear that, well, actually the brain scientists say that's not the best thing to do. It may have worked for y'all when you were raising kids because that's all you knew, but just because it worked doesn't mean it's the best option. And that's what's been really enlightening for me. And so we just started potty learning right now. We don't use potty training because they're not a dog. We're not training them. They're learning (laughs) how to go potty like the rest of us do. I mean, they've always been going potty, but how to go in an actual toilet, not in their diaper. Um, and, And even that course, going through that course with a child psychologist and talking about all the things I had never considered all the things to think about and the way to communicate and the type of words to use and why using those words will impact them down the road if you start it that way. And even like doing it, adhering to that kind of thing has completely changed the way we thought things were going to happen. And so I think for us, it's just really educating ourselves and knowing that what I think might be a good idea when they're three, four or five now might completely change when I see their personality, when I hear some research. So I'm always trying to just stay educated. And I always have to remind myself that I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. And a lot of the mistakes that I make, I realize in the moment, like it's not even like a day later, like it's like in the moment, I know, okay, that was not the right thing to do. And then I have to regroup, try again, pull myself together, control my patience, whatever the issue is, um, which has definitely been my biggest issue as a parent is my wife is extremely patient with the boys and I am patient until I just, I, I just, I'm tired of being patient. And then I'm like, okay, reel it back <laughs> in. It does. Yeah. I've got to pull it back together yeah. because I'm like, you know what? And I think for me too, I'm always in this mode of, well, Brixton just did that. You just heard me tell him not to. I know you're the same age. I know you were listening. Like, why do I have to have this conversation again? And so I have to always pull back on that because that's my go-to. And my wife's always like, Todd, they're two. They're they're not going to know that. Like, you have to do this again and again and again. And so. It sounds like our conversations. A little bit. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, Todd, you mentioned, you know, someone older kind of old school advice. They said, oh, this always works. And I usually tell parents for a lot of, for most things in life, run if somebody tells you this always works for every child because i feel like you know you're telling your twins have such different personalities i imagine you know not only are they different bottles different diapers but just different strategies for things like toilet training things like uh, discipline and learning and i imagine just you guys have to have like double the size of toolboxes to figure out okay what works for each kid well and that's also why we've reverted to taking courses on things because with twins, usually between the two of us, we can figure it out for one kid. It's the other kid that becomes the concern of, okay, we've used everything we know. Like it's not working for this one. So we need to find a course to fit. Cause even with the potty learning, it, we've had to do it completely different for the boys. We're using the same general concept, but one of them really got it right away doing this, 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 and then had really big backdrops today. The other one didn't get it the first day, but really got it the second. Like no matter what we do, it's like exactly like what you said, Jacqueline, it's, we have to realize that. And and we are very cognizant of just because it works for one kid doesn't mean it's going to work for the other. And that's okay. Doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. 
It just means that they're different people and different kids. It's just like when somebody else with twins tries to say, well, this is what you should always do with twins, or your twins should always be in this way, or you should always carry them like this. It's like, well, maybe your twins, but my twins, no, that, that ain't going to work for us. We're going to find out what works for us, and we're going to be okay with that. Well, it's a lot like teaching too, right? You know, Mm-hmm. you can't have one strategy that's going to work for every kid. So uh, we use our favorite word, differentiation. <laughs> right. Same thing with parenting Exactly. too. Yeah. Well, I find I have to, a lot of parents with their second child, I'll often have to, I don't like to use, to use the word, term warn, but for their first child, you try a strategy like A, B, C, oh, C works. This is great. So then they go to their second child and they're like, oh, C is what works. So they try C and then they try C and then they try C, not realizing mm, you got to start back from the beginning. Let's look in A and B. Maybe this child will respond better to A or B. And you're doing it in real time because you got both of them. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, I can totally like having multiples. I can totally imagine I would be that same kind of parent if I had singletons of going, okay, it's my second kid. I'm just, all these things work great for kid A. I'm going to do the same thing for kid B. Um, I could totally see myself doing that. But like you said, in real time, I've learned very quickly. I, I learned right away. It don't always work like that. Is singletons a word? Is that Mm -hmm. like, oh. That's what we call parents who have one kid is they had a singleton. Otherwise, they have multiple. It's I mean, I find I use that more in like single <laughs> pregnancy or single pregnancy, single, but yeah. singleton. I, I've never used that That's word. a word we we hear in the multiples community. That's that's what we Uh, well, define a parent who only I don't, has one kid. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the cool multiples community. So I am, I'm just a singleton. <laughs> All right, Todd, we'll get you, we'll get you out of here on this. So uh, give me uh, your top one or two pieces of advice. If you're, if you're going to be talking right now to parents who are about to have multiples, what's your one or two top tips for them? I think my number one tip is to be prepared for anything. Um, just educate yourself as much as possible and get multiple perspectives on things. Um, if something doesn't feel right, it might not be right for you and that's okay. Um, and I think my other piece of advice is find a pediatrician you love. Yes, Don't I love settle. Um, because for me, I think initially my reaction would be, you know, as an adult, I just found a personal care physician, a PCP that I was okay with that could work. And I learned very quickly that with my kids, I need to feel like I can trust this person because the moment I don't trust them, I may not follow their advice. And then I'm hurting my kids because of the way I feel about the pediatrician, not because of how well they perform. And so I would say, even if you have to drive 45 minutes to go see a pediatrician you love, you drive the 45 minutes because it's going to give you so much peace of mind as a parent. And we are in a hospital system that allows us to message on the messaging board to our pediatrician's office where either her or one of the um, nurses will answer our messages. And that's just been so stress relieving to know, even if we can't get an appointment, we can at least message and they can say, That's not a major concern. Give it a couple days. Just breathe. You're doing fine. Or, okay, bring them in right now. We don't have any appointments, but we will find a spot for you. Like And that that's kind what of stuff. a good pediatrician will do. So. Yep. And, and, that's, and that was so funny because we never knew that. We didn't know that. Like, as an adult, they don't find spots for you. Sorry, you better go to the emergency room if you can't get in. But with kids, they would say, no, we always leave some openings just in case because kids have things happen all the time. So you call us, we will figure out. And if we can't get you with your pediatrician, we have other pediatricians on staff that we can try to get you in with. Or if, if there's absolutely no way, we'll tell you where to go.
And so yeah. I think those are my two biggest pieces of advice is educate yourself, get as much information and know that even no matter how much you educate yourself, you're not going to have all the answers and you're going to have to just wait till things happen. Um, but also find a pediatrician you love. Well, I'd, I'd like you to know, Todd, that was the most excited Jacqueline has ever gotten on <laughs> any of our podcasts was with your statement. So you, you win on that one. Congratulations. <laughs> so, uh, as always, Todd, it is a joy and fun chatting with you. And I love that we get to chat about something outside of just education yeah. this time. Uh, but th thanks for joining us today. And uh, Jacqueline, wrap us up as always. So as I always remind our parents, you know your child best. There's no such thing as the perfect parent. However, you can be the perfect parent for your child. <laughs>